the Black Scholars Podcast. BlackScholarsPublishing.com That uh, we should get our own. Once we have our own, uh, we're respected for the fact that we can create our own. And uh, that's equality right there. Start a record label, Miss Fish just did it. Nylon, cover five minutes. Whoa, we are too hot in the business. About to make a movie independent. So, Alicia Wright, welcome to the Black Scholars Podcast. It is a pleasure and a privilege to have you. Um, You might be one of the, let me think for a second, because we're 40, 42, 41 episodes in. Let me think. You might be the youngest. Really? You might be the you might be the youngest because you've only been teaching for three years. Yes. And you started teaching right out of college. A little after, but yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you are a Florida A and M graduate. Yes, I am. All right. Shout out to Florida A and M. I don't know what you. What was what was that hand signal? <laughs> the rattlers. <laughs> the rattler strike. Okay. Um, okay. That's what's up. That's what's up. So yeah. So yeah, I think you are the youngest and I'm thinking real hard. I'm pretty sure you're the, you're the youngest. So, uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Yes. Uh, listeners, we are continuing the pandemic series. This is the pandemic, uh, series 2.0. Uh, if you've been listening previously, probably about, uh, over a year ago, March, 2020, um, March, 2020, April, 2020, May, uh, that's when we started the original one in that prediction, uh, excuse me, in, in that series, I made a very bold prediction that um, there are going to be some educators who are more solidified in their roles. Um, and there are going to be some educators who take a, an exodus from the profession. And there's going to be some gray area in between where some people are going to kind of hang on because there's just so much turmoil going on in our classrooms and in our our school systems, in our cities and our local governments. And then you're going to have people who are just taking a leap. And I know several educators who have completely just said, you know what, I'm not coming back to school year. And I'm like, what are you doing now? And they're telling me, and I'm like, whoa, that is um, what is it? 180 degree. That is a complete change. 180 degree change. Um, and I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting for their success. Um, I'm rooting for, uh, them living their passion and purpose, uh, and all that good stuff. So anyways, so Alicia Wright, uh, you've been teaching for three years. What subject grade level? Tell us a little bit about your experience. Okay. So I am a second grade teacher. I teach all grade levels. Um, I also, not all grade levels, I teach all subjects. Um, And I'm leaning towards early childhood education because I'm still in the process of 
um, the whole certification thing and all of that. So I am studying for early childhood education from pre-K to third. Um, what else? I'm a career changer. So I'm one of those people who did a complete 180 from health to education. So very different. Um, and yes, I teach gen ed kids, gifted and um, advanced kids. I love teaching gifted kids. Um, I know a lot of educators that hate them. <laughs> like literally they hate teaching them because uh, it's a different, and hopefully this doesn't come across wrong in wording, but this, they're a different breed of student. Um, yeah. And so you've got to be prepared for anything and you've got to, you got to match wits with them because um, yeah. they're bright and, and they're crafty. So you got to be ready to match wits with them. So that's dope. I definitely, I taught gifted for two and a half years and uh I have a great relationship with those kids. I miss them for sure. They're in high school now. Um, so question for you. Uh, so you bring up a couple of things. So what is your actual undergraduate degree in? So my undergraduate undergraduate degree is in health science and I have a minor in humanities. Okay. So with that combination, I'm always interested to hear about people's undergraduate experience and what they chose to study or not study. What were you preparing for at that time before you got into education? So I was actually preparing to be, I started off on a lot of things. Um, I wanted to be a nurse like okay. and then I changed my major because it was a lot going to be fully transparent here. Um, and it's hard to get into the family nursing program. So that was kind of a little discouraging. And I ended up changing from that to something that was more attainable, which was cardiopulmonary science. And that is the degree to basically become a respiratory therapist. Ah, okay. okay. Yes. So okay. I was doing that for a while. And then when clinicals and learning about mechanical ventilations and all that stuff started happening, it became even more. And it was, it started to make me think like, is this something that I really want to do? I know my passion is like taking care of people or helping people, but is this my only way to do that? To like make that impact in somebody's life. And then I discovered, um, well, I graduated. I changed my major from that because that started to become a lot. Graduated, didn't really know what I was going to do, but I know that I had a degree and I can get an entry level position. So somebody recommended doing teaching. So I started off teaching um, kindergarten and I fell in love with it. And then I ended up getting a position for second grade and fell even more in love with like teaching. And it just aligned with like who I am and um, my passion of helping people and all those different things. So. Here I am. Dope. So we have a lot of similarities. Um, and I don't know if I've ever shared, shared this much on the podcast, but I'll do so now being transparent because that's the purpose of the show. So black and brown educators and scholars can be transparent with, uh, we, with each other. Um, I switched around a lot. I started out studying nothing. I didn't have a major. I just was like, killing all of my English classes. And I had a black advisor at the time at the University of Wisconsin Parkside. And she was saying, hey, you should be an English teacher one day. And I looked and laughed at her like, what? <laughs> they don't make any money. You, you, I'm about to make some money. You got me messed up. And at the time right. I was working in banking. And I, one thing about banking, and I, this is good for educators too, is 
African-Americans in, bank, in banking or finance or in the financial services world or now what's fintech like our PayPal and Cash App and Square and all that stuff, we move up quickly because they value diversity. They want to see diversity. And if you can learn things quickly and people actually like being around you, right. you're going to move up pretty quickly. And you can be professional, punctual, all that good stuff. Just stuff that almost seems like common sense for an adult to do. Right. You'll move up quickly. So I was super young. I'd been working in banking since 16. And I just kept moving up, moving up, moving up, moving up, moving up, moving up, moving up. And I'm like, whoa, is it this easy? And I'm the type of person, and I think most men can relate to this. But most women can too. If something comes too easy to me, I don't want it. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I see you the first day, you just give me your number and now you asking, can you come over? I'm like, why you want to come over? <laughs> we, we ain't even FaceTime yet. Why you want to come right. over? So yeah. Yeah. Um, so I can relate to that. And then I stumbled into, so I rejected that potential calling, stumbled into journalism, mm-hmm. switched schools a few times, ended up coming down to Tennessee State University in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my HBCU. Um, and even when I was at TSU at first, I still was doing the journalism thing. I switched from journalism because I was told by my advisor, I needed to take two foreign language classes. I need to take two Spanish, two French, two something. And I said, I've taken Spanish since middle school and high school, and I still can't speak a lick of Spanish outside of vocabulary terms, because of course, when you're that young, you don't take it seriously. So I'm like, no, I don't want to take any more Spanish speaking courses. I don't want to take French. I'm not going to France. I don't want to, you know. Um, So I was just being young and naive and dumb and all that stuff. And I decided, well, let me switch over to something I'm really interested in. And I've been taking psychology courses, still taking English courses, killing all those, killing all those. And I ended up switching over to psychology got a degree in social sciences and psychology from TSU. And I stumbled my way into education through a political science internship. Mind you, I just told you I am, or I was a psychology major. Mm -hmm. I took a political science internship and won it because it was basically like write an essay. Mm -hmm. And so I'm a writer. So I killed the essay and they let me in. And the only reason I wanted it is one, I needed some type of internship on my resume. Um, I knew I was going to end up going to grad school. Um, at some point, I just wasn't hundred percent sure in what area it was going to be. Um, and in that political, oh, and I got paid for it. That's really why I wanted it. I wanted some money. <laughs> and so during the internship, look how God works. I got put on the K through 12 educational committee mm-hmm. with representative Joe Towns Jr., who's based out of Memphis and uh, state legislation is in Nashville. So I'm working for this Memphis guy, this Memphis politician who's on the educational committee. And it was just like all of the stars were aligning. So I ended up graduating from TSU, went to graduate school, went to MTSU, and I ended up also going to David Liscom, which is a private school. Um, and I started working as a teaching assistant uh, in a sped classroom, like one of those self-contained classrooms. Does does your school have one of those? And and those kids, you've seen them, they have moderate to severe disabilities. So it's a special case. Like my kids at that time were so um, in need and and, in services that some of them had to have their uh, quote unquote pamper change. They had to be taken to the bathroom. Um, They had to be 
um, bathed throughout the day. They had to be fed to. Yeah. Now I didn't change any pampers. Thank God. <laughs> I didn't change any pampers, but I did have several students that I had to actually feed them. Like they had their lunch. I had to feed them. We had juniors and seniors in like a peer to peer program. They helped out. So I kind of uh, monitored and mentored them. I was being mentored too at the same time. And I was only there for a very short time period. I got into the teaching fellows program, which is like the new teacher project. They're all over. Uh, yeah. Decided to move to Memphis because Memphis at the time and still to this day pay a lot more for brand new teachers than Nashville does, um, which is crazy because if you know anything about Nashville versus Memphis, a lot of money is in Nashville. Not to say that there aren't, you know, very successful people in Memphis, because of course there is, but all the money is in Nashville as far as like the millionaires per capita, you know, capita. Um, they're all in Nashville. Um, probably got a few billionaires in Nashville. Dave Ramsey, you know who Dave Ramsey is? Mm -hmm. He's in Nashville. They're all in that, all the country singers, they're in Nashville. Right. Yeah. So it's like, why do you pay teachers so low? So anyway, so that I, I was just making the connection that I can relate to um, a lot of different things that you experience. Um, and so this is year, are you in year three or this year four? This is year three. This is my three. Okay. So this is year three. Um, oh, wow. What an interesting time to start your career. I just realized that. Um, okay. So the world crashed March, 2020. Your career started when? August, 2019? No, I think it was like October, September, September, October, 2018. 2018. Okay. And what month do you guys usually start school down there? August. Okay. So you start in August. Okay. And you start in 2018. Okay. So, wow. And the world crashed March, 2020. Take me back to March, 2020. What happened in your school district? What happened in your school? Oh my goodness. Um, it was a lot. So all I know was that it was a normal day of school and it was getting ready like for dismissal, like around three o'clock and our principal administration, everybody was like going crazy. Oh, you guys have to get ready. You have to print packets, give the students all of their things out of their desk we're not coming back. We don't know what's going on, but we're just, we're not coming back. So just give them everything because you're going to go to teaching virtually the next day. And I can't remember exactly what day that fell on, but um, it was a lot. We were all running around, like trying to make sure that all the students, because we already had kind of started dismissal. So we were pulling students that were already in the line for bus and the students who were going for sibling walker and we're pulling them and we're like, oh no, you got to come back, come back and get the rest of your things because you're not going to come back to school tomorrow. And it was a lot, but we did it. So we gave them the packets, gave them all of their workbooks, supplies, everything. And the next day, um, our school set up um, Edmodo, which is like a program um, for communication. You can uh, like upload assignments and everything on there. And um, we started using Zoom. So, and that was a lot because Zoom was not ready for, no. was ready to happen. So we experienced a lot of crashes and different things like that. But that next day we were on Zoom and we had to take attendance on there and basically just teach from there. 
like never done this before, didn't yeah. know what to expect. It was almost the end of the school year. So it was just like, really? Like, why not just end school? But then don't end school because the kids were going to be, it was a, that's a big gap still from the rest of the school year. So it was a lot. It was a lot. Very crazy. Did you, <clears throat> so I have to imagine elementary and I've never taught elementary. Um, although through the teaching fellows, I did have a very brief experience with a second grade class and I taught them reading um, and I had a blast with them. But I knew the energy that went into teaching elementary and the amount of parent supervision and involvement, like parental involvement is great. But at the elementary level, it's too much involvement because that's their baby. And I get it as a, as a single dad, I get it. Like that's your baby. So you're all over everything that's going on. Um, and even from the administrator standpoint, like they are in your class, like every single day almost. Um, and maybe, maybe not, I could be off, but at least that's how it was when I first started teaching. So I, I left elementary alone. Um, ah, and I just lost my question. It was a really good question too. <laughs> well, I was talking about, um, the kids having to go you were saying something about parental was your parental question? involvement yeah 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 i'm trying to I'm, i I've totally lost my train of thought of why i was even going there um but we will let that go it'll come back to me later okay so in comparison to this year mm -hmm. um which is year three for you how has everything been how how many weeks have you guys been back in school four weeks now four weeks so it's been a month and how has that experience been now in comparison to March 2020? Wow. Um, it's actually better. Um, last year, we were doing, we started off doing everything virtual um, until about mid of maybe like three months into teaching. Um, and now we're starting the year off where everyone's coming back. And we're not doing virtual unless like a student has been um They've gotten COVID. It has gotten COVID, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So it's been good, like, having all the kids in the back in the classroom. Um, I am noticing that there's some learning gaps. There are still some students mm -hmm. who are on grade one level or even lower kindergarten level. And it's like I have to meet them where they are in order to get them where they're supposed to be, while still also making sure that I'm teaching them the second grade standards, too. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot, but I am, I'm more happy. I'm still stressed, but yeah. more happy this year to have all my kids back inside the classroom. Now, and thank you for the transparency. Last school year, were you face-to-face -face with students or were you teaching virtually? So we started off virtually okay. with everyone. And then I want to say, maybe October or November, we allowed the students to come back, but we did both. Okay. <laughs> That's the part that was extremely stressful. And we really had to like think quick and adjust because not only were we teaching the students in person and having to make sure that everything was clean and that we weren't getting COVID ourselves, right. Right. Um, we also had cater to those students that did not feel comfortable coming back or those parents too um, that did not feel comfortable coming back to school. Hmm. So this year wearing masks, 
Mm-hmm. Everybody's wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Florida, Florida's a red state. Am I correct in that? Mm-hmm. Have right. you guys have had any issues out of the governor with the mask mandates? In the beginning, yes, because he was trying to say that they're they did not want to um, make students wear masks, which that's I what, don't understand why. Yeah, that's what happened in Tennessee. Tennessee is a red state. Now, I live, listeners, I live in Memphis. So if you know anybody from Memphis, the joke, and there's memes out there, is that Memphis, when you say you live in Memphis, you live in Memphis. Like mm-hmm. Memphis is its own state. And then there's Tennessee. So that's the <laughs> that's the joke. But in Tennessee, it is a red state. And so our governor here, um, Republican Bill Lee, mm. or Governor Bill Lee, he made it up. He issued and like school had just started. So it was the second week of school. Mm. He issued a special bill that was enacted. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said that parents can opt their kids from wearing masks. It came it came in, I think, on a Friday evening session, because sometimes they're there late. Again, I know from that political uh, science internship I, I stole from a political science student. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> and it basically, it was emails were starting to flood in Monday. I wasn't there that Monday. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there. I was out. I was like, what? They're not wearing masks now. That now it's gonna seem like oh, Mr. Wilson called out because of mask. No, I didn't call out because because of mask. But it just so happens to be a coincidence that I probably would have called out because of the mask situation. Um, and even when I came back that next day, I'm not gonna lie, I felt the way. I right. felt the type of way. I'm up here wearing this thing all day long, mm-hmm. every single workday. Or every day, period. I go out in public, I got to wear this thing. I go into a grocery store, I got to wear this thing. So, and I'm fully vaccinated. But I still got to wear this thing because I'm trying to be safe for everyone. My own family, the kids, my coworkers, my colleagues, etc. I'm doing. I'm a part of the solution versus the problem. Even though I felt a way initially about the vaccination, this whole COVID thing and how it started. Right. Scratch all that. I'm going to do what's best for everyone because that's just who inherently I am. I'm very selfless. I can be very selfless. Um, and then that happened. So when I see when I will see the kids come in with no mask, I almost wanted to kick them out of class. <laughs> I'm at the point right now. And so uh, um, the governor, his order has been ruled down by a judge. And unless the Supreme Court overturns it, basically mask are you have to wear a mask so that's the case now for you guys there like everyone has to wear a mask you have to wear a mask and i'm so thankful that they changed that because yeah how are the kids because i'm in middle school so i don't know if you have any experience with middle schoolers but they're nasty they're nasty i'm just being honest they're nasty (laughs) yeah they blow their nose they dig in their butt um they go to the bathroom they don't wash their hands even during the pandemic these kids are nasty and I'm at a middle school that is nest in a former high school because mm-hmm. our high school built a new building, which basically looks like a college campus. So our middle school is in the old high school and it's not the best ventilated. It's old. It's been there forever. Um, and the kids aren't wearing their 
well, they're wearing their mask, but they're not wearing their mask. And what I mean by that, it's not it's not being worn properly. I have to constantly remind them and enforce them. And I sanitize my class like several times during the day. I would do it like literally in between every class, but I have this thing called teaching and grading and providing feedback and answering right. emails going on. So I don't have the time to do that, but I at least I probably sanitize at least three times a day. And we have a terrible, we have a terrible uh, cleaning crew too. They don't sanitize anything. Like literally I could drop, like if I'm eating a muffin in the morning, right? And like mm-hmm. a blueberry falls mm-hmm. on the floor, wherever mm-hmm. it lands, it's going to be there tomorrow. Right. It might be there the next day after that. Eventually they're going to get to it. Eventually. I'm like, man, you didn't see that blueberry? Right. I know y'all not cleaning. Y'all not cleaning anything. You couldn't be. You right. couldn't be. So, yeah, so I take the sanitization and cleaning and I got a little bit of OCD anyway, so I'm a pretty clean person. So um, I handle that anyway. But the kid, you know, parents thank me, the kids thank me, but I just get frustrated seeing so many kids not wearing the mask the right way. Like I see all of this. Like one girl, I told her, I stopped my lesson. I said, why do I see your teeth? I see a whole front row. Why am I seeing your teeth? Stop smiling at me, girl. Like, put your mask on. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, you're not sorry. You know what you're doing. But I get it. You know, it's frustrating for kids to wear them all day. But how's that like in your school? Are the kids better with wearing the mask or they play around with them, take them off? I would say they're better with wearing the mask. I don't know if it's because of last year. Some of them got used to it. So this year they're more prepared and they're able to do it. But um, I probably have like, I have 23 students and I probably have like four that I have to constantly keep saying to pull up their mask the right way, wear it on your nose and cover your mouth. Um, But they're pretty good with it. And they're, it's crazy that the middle schoolers are like germy and nasty like that because you will see that more so in elementary. Right. But um, my students are actually pretty clean. They're pretty clean. I don't really have to keep reminding them to wash their hands. I literally have my desk set up near the in-class um, restroom. So mm-hmm. I can hear and I listen. Like, did you wash your hands? I didn't hear right. that sink right. going. So, right. Right. Um, but they're pretty good about it. Now, last year was something different. But this year, they're pretty good on it. So... That's dope. That's dope. Um, so I okay. So I'm gonna switch this whole conversation up. I'm gonna switch everything up. Mm-hmm. So you said something earlier, and I think that's what the point I was trying to get to that I forgot. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. If you had one word that would describe not just you, but your purpose in life as far as you understand it right now. Mm-hmm. From your vantage point, your perspective right now, of course, with consideration of your past experiences and everything you've been through. Mm-hmm. And you had to get it tattooed on you. I don't know if you have any tattoos. I got one. I have one. Mm-hmm. And you had to get it tattooed on you. What would that word be and why? Mm-hmm. Um. The first word that came to my head was grace, but mm. saying to, yeah, I'm going to go with that. Grace. Okay. Um, and why? I guess because I just, 
I don't know. You have to give yourself grace. You have to. Yeah. I tended to be like really hard on myself back then. And even sometimes now I find myself being hard on myself. And I just have to keep remembering to give myself grace. I've never done this life thing. Like this is, you know, it hasn't been done before. I'm learning as I go. Um, And just continue to just give myself grace and learn through it. Everything's going to be okay. And just keep going. Don't give up. Yeah, I love that. And and we can even, even consider that as advice to other educators as to most of the time, and, and it really started after the pandemic. Well, I mean, we're still in the pandemic, but after March 2020, that that when we came back the next school year, that's when the word grace was embedded into my brain. And it was like, give them grace, extend kids grace. And you had all different type of things going on. Recently, we just had a parent-teacher conference in my school, um, which was through Microsoft Teams and over the phone if people couldn't figure out the technology. And we, I had, I probably said that word or, yeah, I probably said that word like at least a dozen times with different parents. It's like, I'm going to extend as much grace as you need um, as your kid needs, as your family needs, because I know it's real life things that are going on right now. Um, and I actually talked to a nurse who has a pretty high position. She doesn't just work for a hospital. She um, works for the um, Shelby County Health Department, if I'm not mistaken. Um and she's like an assistant to the commissioner, one of my students' parents. And she and we both agreed. We both said like, hey, education for our kids is super, super important. We all know that. Wow. However, health takes precedent over everything. Exactly. If you're not healthy, if you're not well, um, and you can apply that to physically and mentally, emotionally, you know, mental health is important. Um, if you're not in the right state of mind, if your body is not in the right state and good condition, um, nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. Nothing, absolutely nothing else matters. So I like how you said grace and actually we need to extend it to ourselves that you've been extending it to yourself. Um, Cause educators, I mean, if we can be honest as laid back as we can be uh, outside of the building. Cause I don't know too many educators who are laid back in the building. Most of them are laid back outside of the building. When we're in that classroom, um, we're running these schools as assistant principals and head principals, et cetera. Like we're on go mode, you know, right. we're, we're type a, I'm very type a in the classroom. I'm laid back and re- I'm laid back in real life in the classroom. I'm about my business and my kids are about their business. And that's why I've had the success that I've had in this profession. And sometimes we have to cut that off. Right. We have to cut that off and we have to practice self-care. Um, it's okay to take mental health days. I've taken several this school year already and we're going into week seven. So we've been in school for six weeks. Wow. Yeah, I've probably, been, I've probably been out like three, three days, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mental health days. I'll call them whatever I need to call them. Mm-hmm. but I'll take a mental health day. And I got a lot of time too, because I transferred from one district to the district I'm at now. This is year three for me in this particular district. And so I brought over a lot of days right. and they took them. They accepted them all. I said, Oh, you shouldn't have did that. You shouldn't have did that. Mental health. 
Uh, And we get personal days too. I don't really use my personal days. We get two uh, per school year. Uh, Last time I used a personal day was last year. I had a um, speeding ticket situation. uh, So I had to go to court, but that's the, that's the only time I really have ever used them. If I have to go to court for a speeding ticket or something, that's pretty much it. That was me last year too. With speeding ticket, you have to go to court. (laughs) Hey, I got, I got places to be. Right. Yeah. I I see the uh, speed limit as a suggestion. (laughs) (laughs) that's funny so we've talked a lot about um you know what has happened um march 2020 how things are going right now let's talk about the future where do you see your future in education are you thinking about the leadership path Uh, are you thinking about teaching collegiately are you thinking about working for uh one of these education ish 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 um, companies like an assessment company or some type of vendor. Um, what, where's your headspace right now as you're thinking about your, your future career? Okay. So I definitely want to get into educational leadership. Um, I do, once I get everything together with like certification and the classes and credits that I need to take, um, then I am going to start going to school for educational leadership. I do want to be a principal one day and maybe later I can go back and work on a collegiate level at FAMU. So, and I can bring some of that background and knowledge and health back to it. Maybe I can be a professor teaching cardiopulmonary science. So that's definitely something that I want to do in the future. That would be dope. So are you looking at FAMU for grad school or have you started looking at grad schools? I am looking at family for grad school, um, but I am looking for like virtual because I don't know if I want to move back to Tallahassee. Okay. I um, I actually would love to move to Texas. That's where everybody is. <laughs> yes. So I don't know. Definitely something online. Okay. Um, either FAMU or FIU. FIU. Florida International University? Yes. Okay. 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 That's dope. That's dope. I'm trying to think. Um, I think I had a guest, Dr. Kanisha Moore. And I don't think that episode hasn't come out yet, but I think Dr. Kanisha Moore, if I'm not mistaken, did she go to FIU? Somebody went to FIU. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Somebody went to FIU. Um, So that's dope. And so you'd be looking at a master's degree program then, and then obviously earn your, your uh, licensure for administration. Um, That would be super dope. Now tell me in Florida, do they follow the Praxis series or what, what's the name of the assessments that you have to take to get? And I know you said you're still going through the certification process, um, but is it Praxis or is it some, something else? There's something else. So we have, um, I don't know, it's like um, FTCE. Okay. So that's their own thing. Yes. Okay. So there are a few states. There are a few states that have their own thing. I know Illinois is one, California is one, Georgia is one. And now I'm learning that, oh, Texas is one. And then now I'm hearing that Florida is one. And listeners, if you're wondering why do I have this superfluous information in my brain, is because 
I'm always looking for what's next in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. I don't necessarily plan on being in Memphis, Tennessee for the rest of my life, although I do love Memphis. Um, but, you know, I got other things that I'm trying to accomplish. So I might want to it's you know, I think we take for granted. Um, sometimes a change of scenery changes everything. Like sometimes you just need a new environment and that allows you to receive the blessings that you're supposed to receive. Right. I, I hope that I hope that makes sense. And I hope that doesn't offend anybody by me saying that. But sometimes you just need a new environment to really walk in your purpose fully like God intended you it's to do so. It. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, why'd I say offend anybody? Anybody listens to the show, they know I'm a I'm a I'm a man of God. I get silly, but I'm definitely a man of God. So I'm about my business. We can't do this without God. I wouldn't be I'm be honest, I wouldn't be in education if it wasn't for God. I'm serious. I wouldn't be either. I would not. I told you the 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 uh my uh advisor told me hey you're getting all A's in all of these writing English classes. Mm-hmm. You are gifted in writing. I'm like, duh, I've been, I knew that since like elementary school. You should teach English. Huh? <laughs> Look at me now. She's laughing at me. I hope she listens to the podcast. Yeah, she's laughing at me. Like I told you, I told you. I um, huh? oh, you're, you're talking about your teacher got it. <laughs> no, the the my academic advisor at uh, University of Wisconsin. She was looking at my transcript like, you're getting A's in all of these English and writing classes. Why are you not studying English? Because at the time when I first started, I didn't have a major. I just kept taking whatever classes I wanted to take. I didn't I didn't know what to study because I was working in banking. So as that was my focus, like I was in school to kind of make my parents, you know, appease them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I was doing well. I was 19 years old, staying by myself, making decent money. Didn't have any real bills. I mean, I had bills, but not like I do now. <laughs> I miss those times. <laughs> I miss those times for real. Um, so let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Are there any books, podcasts, documentaries, films, um, any resources that you would recommend to other black and brown educators out there um, that may or may not be related to the profession, but just something that helps them grow, period, holistically. Um, hmm, okay, so last year I read a couple books, um, spiritual-based books. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess this will be for my women. I mean, fellas, I guess you can read this too, but um, definitely Fervent was one of my favorites by Priscilla Shire. Fervent. Mm-hmm, Fervent. Priscilla Shire. Okay. Yes. And it's, it changed my life. Um, during last year, it was just a lot going on, a lot of changes. This whole thing has just been a lot. And um, I just learned to like pray and depend on God more. And that book changed my prayer life. So that's something that I would definitely recommend i love that that's dope important okay so that's the book that's the one that one and then another one was um when boss women or when women pray by td jakes Mm, i love bishop jakes yes i haven't um finished that book okay completely honest but it is good and it's called when women pray yes 
I might have to check that out myself. I know you got women in the title. Hey, I listen to I listen to women podcasts. I listen to women driven. Let me go to my podcast real quick since we're giving. <laughs> no, because y'all think I'm playing. I don't play around with this podcast stuff. I've been listening to podcasts since 2005. So I was destined to be a podcaster. Um, speaking of women of God and spirituality, do you listen to the Christian Bay podcast? She's also on Instagram and she does a lot on Instagram live. I haven't, but I would definitely. You should check her out. I think you would like her. She reminds me of you. You should check her out. The Christian Bay. Got it. I have no idea what her real name is, but I listen to, <laughs> I won't say I listen to every single episode she puts out, um, but I follow her Instagram content pretty heavily. And you can definitely tell like she has a certain calling on her life and she's living in her purpose. Um, I listen to Side Hustle Pro for all of my educators out there who are um, trying to get their coins right, trying to get their funds right by Nikila Matthews. Nikila is super dope. She used to work for NPR, if I'm not mistaken. And she does, she has an entire um, entity by herself. Like she's a walking LLC and she's done some great things. So I definitely would check her out. Um, I listen to, um, speaking of Bishop Jakes, I listened to his daughter, Sarah Jakes, yeah. uh, Sa excuse me, Sarah Jakes Roberts. Let me put some respect on her name. She's married. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I listened to uh, Woman Involved is one of her podcasts. Then her and her husband have a podcast together with her preaching. And then also sometimes she's on Bishop Jakes podcast, The Potter House, and she takes over and she preaches sometimes too. I listened to uh, Small Doses with Amanda Seals. She's an actress, thespian, writer. Um, she's really, really big on mental health, especially for the Black community. And I am an advocate of it. Um, ah, my sister, my sister podcaster, check out Black Educators Matter. That is run and operated by two dope women. Um, so definitely check, check that out. Um, what other women-based podcasts do I have in here? Oh, and Local Love, the Brittany Mack podcast. Um, Brittany hasn't published in a while, but Brittany has some dope content as well, too. She's a U University of Memphis graduate, and um, we've been trying to work some things out, but she's not actively podcasting right now. So um, once she does, we'll get something together. But yeah, check all those out for sure. For sure. Definitely. Super dope. So- and I'm What's I'm that? familiar with um, I'm familiar with Small Doses by Amanda Seals. Yeah. And um I will also recommend just to go back on what you were saying about um Sarah Jakes Roberts. Mm -hmm. I love I read her book as well last year, um, Don't Settle for Safe. And that was Don't really Settle for Safe. Okay. Okay. Really, really Great suggestions, fire suggestions. Thank you so much. I'm hope I'm hoping that um at least one of those makes their hand into uh, someone listening. And like you said, what, what was the name of the book again that you said changed your prayer life? Fervent? By Pris Priscilla Shire. Okay. Okay. I might check that one out as well, too. Um, right now I'm actively reading. Um, what am I actively reading? Um, I'm actually, I'm actually doing something totally different. I'm studying coding right now in IT. So I am reading books on that. But as far as spirituality, um, I'm actually reading Pastor Mike Todd's book. Again, this is my second time reading it, Relationship Goals. Oh, yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. my second my second time reading that. Have you read that before? Or are you familiar I, with the book? Yes, I actually have okay. the book. Um, I started, haven't finished. Yeah. Then I revisit it. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things when the school year starts and you start getting busy and bogged down. Again, I really don't think the general public has any understanding of just how much work it takes to be not just an educator, but an effective, a highly effective educator. It's a lot of work. And I even wrote a book about it, a very short book, trying to give some tips. And the reason why the book is short, because you don't have time to read a thick book about how to be an effective educator. I can only give you a glimpse. And that's not even, you know, that's not capturing what it really takes. Uh, a lot of a lot of it is perseverance. A lot of it is just diligence. A lot of it is intrinsic. You know, like you said, you have a specific purpose. If you had to define that, um, what was your word? Your word was grace. Okay, you got to give grace to yourself. Got to give grace to others. Um, and I'll I'll throw that out to the audience. Like, think about that question I asked her. If you had to have one word tattooed on you for the rest of your life, you can't remove it, and it has to be somewhere visible for the rest of your life. And it describes who you are and who you think you are and who your purpose, the purpose you think you're walking in or you would like to walk in at this time in your life, what would that word be? And then I want you to think about that professionally and personally. Like, how can I, how can I live this word, live in this word or live this word out fully um, in my profession? And right. sometimes that that's not just being in a, classroom with kids. Sometimes that is leading the school. Um, I just reached out to someone I just seen posted. Um, I don't have her IG up right now. It's on tip of my tongue. Caldwell's classroom. I, I just reached out to her. She's out in Africa and she's looking at land and she's thinking about doing like a African diaspora thing where she is building a school over in Africa, but she's still here, you know, kind of like what Oprah did. So I'm going to have her, or I'm planning to have her on the show. She said she'd come on the show, but that's, to me, that's walking in purpose. So I got a billion questions for her. Like, you know, why are you building a school? Why are you building it out in Africa? And I'm pretty sure it's a lot cheaper to build a school out in Africa. You don't have to go through all the red tape that we have to go through here to get something like that done. Because I will tell you, starting a school, very expensive. <laughs> very expensive. You got payroll, you have to have insurance, you've got to have facilities manager, you know, zoning laws, all types of stuff. 30. Curriculum, PD, okay. all that stuff costs. The light bill, I don't want to pay the light bill in my own house. I definitely don't <laughs> want to pay it for a school building. So right. food, how the kids are going to eat, you know. Now we got COVID, so you got to have certain COVID officers and procedures in place. <sighs> <laughs> all in the middle of a pandemic right. that we don't know when's going to end. And we don't know if there's going to be more pandemics that happen after that. So we don't know. So I just want everybody to be safe, make sure those kids are sanitizing their hands, making sure those kids are washing their hands, uh, try to sanitize your classroom as much as possible. If you're an educational leader, yo, get on the district about hiring cleaning crews that actually clean and sanitize. There's a difference between just cleaning and sanitizing. Maybe you need two separate crews and don't say, oh, we don't have the money. We don't have the money. Don't make me pull out numbers. Please don't make me pull out numbers. The federal, gov the federal government has spent, 
910, was it million or billion? You know what? I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to fact check myself before I say that. I just know a lot of these school districts and schools have received a lot of money because of the pandemic, just like the whole government with these PPP loans. The school has received PPP loans. Where the money at? Exactly. Where is the money being spent? Because it's not on the cleaning crew. And it's not on when you come around with that little, uh, uh, I don't know if they do this at your school. They come around with a laptop cart. And they've got like gloves on there and paper towels and sanitizer and this yeah. disinfectant. They do that? Yes. Yeah. That's not where the money went. <laughs> I can go to the dollar store and get some disinfectant and some hand sanitizer. That's right. not where the money went. Where's the money being spent? So save that for a future episode. But any last words for the Black scholars and Brown scholars out here? Well, Definitely just to keep going, um, give yourself grace, give your students grace because it's yeah. been difficult. Um, and yeah, just keep going, keep pushing through. Absolutely. What can I say? Mamba out. Thank you for listening to the Black Scholars Podcast. For more information, Sometimes go to blackscholarspublishing.com. You just gotta go. You will never know what you could ever be. If you never try, you will never see. Stayed in Africa, we ain't never leave. So it was no slaves in our history. Were no slave ships, were no misery. Call me crazy, or isn't he? See, I fell asleep, and I had a dream. It was all.